What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Father desires for you, for me, for all of us to become. Here, so the show goes, you hit me up for three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, catechesis, dogma, doctrine, the list goes on. I would then spend time with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint. But my disclaimer is this and has always been this. I'm not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I give to you might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in holiness, to conform life to Jesus Christ. However, if what I say is good for you, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer and the sacraments and scripture and fellowship with community and studying of his word so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at askfatherjosh at assistantpress.com. You can also critique me, give me comments, give me feedback and new questions at that email address and you can also rate us and review us on itunes and all the other podcast formats that are out there when you do this it helps other people find out about the show if the show is a gift for you potentially it can become a gift for other people as well and finally you can share the show on your social media pages on instagram facebook and twitter uh, whenever you share the show it helps other people also find out about the show again if it's good for you it might be good for them my books broken and blessed and pocket guide to adoration are currently available at ascensionpress.com if you want to um, try to grow and cultivate your relationship with jesus christ in the interior life those books might be a gift for you on today's show we're going to talk about men why are there so few men in some of our catholic churches uh, why are there so many women in some of our parishes, but the men seem to be lacking there? I'm going to tackle that question. And then also, I'm going to talk about Derek Chauvin. He is the member of the law enforcement who killed George Floyd. Uh, the, the question with regards to Derek Chauvin is, is he also the body of Christ? How should we as Catholics view Derek Chauvin? And the final question, the most serious of all, um, is from one of our young listeners who wants to know, how tall I am. And so that's a very personal question, but but today I'm I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to share. I'm going to share my chicken nuggets and my barbecue sauce and I'm going to tell you how tall I really am or how short I am. Uh, but before we get into those uh, questions, I want to share with you a glory story. Right, my glory story this week. Oh man, yeah. So glory story. Uh, where do I begin? There's been so many gifts that the Lord has given me over the past the past week, uh, just with good, awesome, holy fellowship. But um, I would say, in the midst of the fellowship, I've had some really good time with Jesus in the scriptures. Um, there's just been a few scriptures that have stuck out to me where I've been able to perceive just the voice of the Lord very clearly. One was on. Um, while praying with the Gospel of John, uh, and Jesus asked, uh, he asked Peter, do you love me, Peter, more than these? And, oh man, I just had a beautiful time with Jesus, like, hearing him ask me that question, Josh, do you love me more than these? And these were different. It was, do you love me more than these, these comforts? Do you love me more than your than your reputation? Now, I perceive that the Lord is inviting me in this season of my priesthood to enter into a prophetic role, uh, and, uh, 
it's not something I asked for. Just I perceive he's invited me there, and he's like, "Do you love me more than than your reputation? Are you, are you willing to be persecuted for the sake of of forming saints for the kingdom of God?" I'm like, "Yeah, Jesus, I do. You know, right now I do. You know, I hope I will always say that, but obviously we are so fickle in our relationship with the Lord, and so uh, he and I had a really beautiful, beautiful time of of intimacy as I was praying with that, and then and then I was drawn to Philippians chapter two, and again just that that, that notion of Jesus emptying himself. And perceiving the Lord invite me to just trust in him more, to trust that his grace is sufficient, that he is enough. If if I could just lean deeper into a relationship with him in the Blessed Sacrament and the Sacred Scriptures, then I can empty myself of so many other things um, that can be um, can be safe, can be safe as a priest um, and as a disciple of Jesus. And so uh, ultimately that led me to, to praying the Litany of Humility, which for years, it was one of my favorite prayers. Um, I haven't prayed it so much lately, and praying it again was just powerful. So I'm going to go ahead and lead you all in that prayer. I had to pray that prayer with me because it's, uh, man, it's just such a, a beautiful, powerful prayer. And so uh, uh, that will be my gift to you. Hopefully, the Lord of Humility might be part of your glory story this week in your relationship with Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Make my heart like yours. From self-will, deliver me, O Lord. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, O Lord. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Lord. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, O Lord. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, O Lord. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, O Lord. From the desire of being preferred to others, Deliver me, O Lord, from the desire of being consulted. Deliver me, O Lord, from the desire of being approved. Deliver me, O Lord, from the desire of being understood. Deliver me, O Lord, from the desire of being visited. Deliver me, O Lord, from the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, O Lord, from the fear of being despised. Deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of being abandoned, deliver me, O Lord. From the fear of being refused, deliver me, O Lord. That others may be esteemed more than I, Lord, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Lord, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside, Lord, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed, Lord, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Lord, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should, Lord, grant me the grace to desire it. At being unknown and poor, Lord, I want to rejoice. At being deprived of the natural perfections of body and mind, Lord, I want to rejoice. When people do not think of me, Lord, I want to rejoice. When they assign to me the meanest tasks, Lord, I want to rejoice. When they do not even deign to make use of me, Lord, I want to rejoice. When they never ask my opinion, Lord, I want to rejoice. When they leave me at the lowest place, 
Lord, I want to rejoice. When they never compliment me, Lord, I want to rejoice. When they blame me in season and out of season, Lord, I want to rejoice. Blessed are those who suffer persecution for justice's sake, for theirs the kingdom of heaven. Mm, amen. That right there, that prayer in and of itself is a glory story. So, yeah, that's my glory story for the week is Jesus is good. I love him so much, and uh, I'm grateful, grateful for, for God. Now, before we get into our questions, I want to share with you some feedback. First feedback comes in from uh, Detroit, Michigan from Dan. Hi, my name is Dan. I'm a new listener. My brother-in-law connected me with your podcast and I wanted to reach out to say thanks um, that you hit already on something I've been questioning. I've, I was having issues with my prayers, thinking I'm being boring by saying and doing pretty much the same thing day in and day out. Then I heard you speak of your story while at your retreat in Nebraska where you played basketball to connect with Jesus, July 2018. It hit me that he is always there. And I just need to be open to whatever it is that I'm doing, whether it be on the golf course or in the office or even being let down again by my beloved Detroit Lions. That, 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 that again. You went over a new listener. I'm good to see. Uh, it's good to see and hear a younger priest around my own age, at least based off your picture, who I feel I can relate to. Yeah, I'm still pretty young, man. Uh, also, from that above mentioned episode, TCP versus TCB and the Queen of Soul. Come on now. I may be white born, uh, a white boy born and raised in the Motor City, but that Motown sound is attached to our DNA up here. I guess I can let the TCP slide that this once, one time. Hello, well, thank you again. I look forward to your future episodes. Thanks, Dan. All right, so let me see Dan. See, TCB is taking care of business, bro. Look, I'm half white, all right? So I can I can make a mistake every now and then when it comes to soul. All right, so I can slide. All right, and then finally, last uh, feedback comes in from Father David uh, from St. Philomena in Peoria, uh, Father David says, hey, Father Josh, one of my parishioners shared your podcast with me on healing the racial divide. Just wanted to say thanks. So well done. Thanks for your voice. I hope many find their way to hear your perspective. Appreciate the thoughts in order to keep growing as a member of the body. Not sure what your daily ministry is, but I'm sure you know how a parish priest gets caught up in the daily administration and addressing the issues at hand. Really appreciate the challenge to think about the larger body of Christ more intentionally. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Hope to find some time to listen to more of your thoughts. Peace. God bless Father David. Yeah, Father David, God bless you, man. I am so grateful that um, you are tuning in and I will pray my night prayer for you tonight and for your parish, St. Philomena. Shout out to St. Philomena. She is a rock star. I believe she isn't she the one that St. John Vianney had this special devotion to. Uh, yeah. So cool. Praise God. God bless you, Father David. And now let's get into today's questions. First question comes in from Amy. Amy writes this, lack of men in the church. Hey, Father Josh, thanks for your awesome podcast. Thank you in particular for all the work you do to promote racial reconciliation in the church. Praise God. Look, Amy, pray for me. Really, um, seriously. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I believe, well, obviously God created me now, so I'm supposed to be here now, but I do believe that like there's like, I was created for a time like this. And as were you, and you and I were both created in this generation to be the saints to respond to the evil of racism um, so that we could really take down that structure and help men and women fall in love with Jesus and become 
like disciples who are totally abandoning themselves to the gospel and um, to yeah, just denying ourselves for the sake of salvation. So yeah, thank you for your for your prayers and for your appreciation for me um, promoting racial reconciliation in the church. So Amy says this. My question is, why are there so many more lay women? Than men in the church. I see many faithful women in the pews, the young adult groups, the retreats. I see women taking their kids to mass while their husbands stay home. Where are all the men? Is this a modern thing or a Western thing? Or has it always been like this? And how do we get more men involved uh, in the Catholic church? Thank you and God bless. Yeah, Amy, that's that's a really great question. So I think just, you know, I think sometimes we can make a lot of excuses up. As the church, you know, we can say, oh, you know, there's more women in the church because priests uh, are preaching to cater to women in their homilies, or there's more women in the church because of the music in our churches, or because of the liturgy in our churches, or, or because of the ministries that we promote in our churches. And we can give all these different excuses or whatever. But the reality is, at the end of the day, I, I say this with regards to, to everything. We always, as disciples of Jesus Christ, as priests, uh, as deacons, as religious uh, and as lay leaders in the church, we always have to ask this one question. Who is currently sitting at the table and who is not sitting at the table? And we need to be able to see who's there and who's not there. And if all that we have at our tables is a bunch of really awesome holy women, which they should be there, but we don't have awesome holy men, then that's who we need to focus on. So what did Jesus do? Jesus went out to get him. You know, I think a lot of sometimes priests and deacons and lay leaders, they make a lot of excuses all the time about why their parishes aren't thriving and why their parishes don't have men in discipleship and in leadership roles. And excuses have to go out the window. We got to throw those away. We need to go to the Lord and say, Jesus, what did you do? What did you do 2,000 years ago? 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ went to men where they were at. And where were they at? They were fishing. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was not found in the temple. He was not in a synagogue. He was not out there. He was literally fishing. That's where Jesus Christ found Peter. And Jesus did not wait for Peter to come to him like some of our parishes do. We wait for men to just show up randomly. Like they're just going to pop up one day and be like, oh, hey, we're here. We want to be in love with Jesus. We want to be a disciple. We want to come back to confession. We want to get plugged into to the church. No, we got to go out and get them. We got to find out where are the men in my geographical boundaries in my parish community at, where they spend their time at. And then that's where we go. We have to go and get them where they are. Uh, if, if they're in the bar, then send out some missionary disciples to go to the bar, not to get drunk, but to go to be with your flock where they're at, to minister to them, to invite them from the bar to the church. Whenever I was a campus minister at LSU, my first year as a priest, I would I would go to bars because that's where my students were. I wouldn't drink to get drunk. I would go and have a drink and I would sit at the bar and I would talk to guys. I would talk to guys um, and I would invite them back to the church. I would ask them their stories. I was in my, obviously for me, it was easier to start those religious conversations because I went in my clerics, but I was able to invite these men, some of them who had not been to church in years, literally had not been to church in years. And we were able to get them to come back to the sacrament of reconciliation and to Bible studies, and to the mass. Uh, and so we have to go out and find them. If you know men are going to football games in your community, then send some disciples to go to the football game. If you know they're out fishing, send some disciples to go out fishing. One of my parishioners here at Holy Rogers, he has a, a great ministry about, called Fishers of Men, where he literally shares the gospel with, with guys by fishing with them. And then from that, he invites them to the sacramental life of the church. So we just have to get creative, I think, and find out where are the people who are not here right now spending their time. 
where they're hanging out, and then we go get them. Uh, one of the models that we could even use is to find out who's a leader in our community with regards to men. Who's a person or persons in my community who a lot of men hang out with, who a lot of men uh, spend their time with, look up to and listen to. And that's the person as a parish we should be praying for um, and go get that person. And we might have to get that person, my first and foremost, going to that person's girlfriend, that person's wife or whoever. Um, but we have to get that person. When that person becomes a disciple, then that person can bring in a lot more disciples of Jesus Christ. So a lot more men can join the women who are already at the table to become disciples. Uh, I think that the problem with this uh, lack of men is the same problem with many other issues in the church. It's a, a lack of understanding of discipleship. It's a lack of understanding that Jesus Christ told the apostles to go out, go out, make disciples of all nations. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and the apostles in Acts chapter two, they went out. And so a lot of our parishes have become very inward focused and we just feed the people who are there. And in many cases, the people who are currently there are women and a few men. And so we just focus all of our energy on them. And with the Catholic Church, we're supposed to do the both end. I'm going to focus on the people who are in my pews right now, but I'm also going to be a lot more intentional with praying for and fasting for and offering up penances and sacrifices for more people who are not currently in my pews to come and sit in my pews, for more people who are not in my Bible studies to come and join my Bible studies, uh, for more people who are not receiving the sacraments uh, to, to go get them and find them and invite them to the sacraments. So uh, I, I don't think that um, I don't think that we can blame like a number of people who I walk with tend to do blame everything on oh it's because of this and, and too and the next thing is that if it is because of bad liturgy that we don't have men then why is your liturgy bad you know like we have to have bring up those conversations i'm um, at the parish level like with the parish leadership team like why is the liturgy not reverent if that's what it is or why is the music not good or why is the preaching you know whatever it might be those are those are conversations that we should always be having um, with our leaders in our church it's like fathers deacons lay leaders religious where is the supernatural fruit? If we're not seeing supernatural fruit, then we got to go back to the, the table. And then we got to ask that question. I want to see the fruit. So let's go. Right. Uh, so I think that that that's why there can be sometimes in my, in my church. I'm not going to lie. We do have a lot of men. I I inherited a parish that already had some men in leadership and who were disciples of Jesus Christ for years. And, and we just built upon that. And now we have even more men who are disciples of Jesus Christ. And they do a lot of Bible studies, a lot of small group Bible studies, a lot of gatherings in the mornings. We have a coffee in Christ on Friday mornings where they get together early in the morning before work on Tuesday nights, they get together for Bible studies. They have men's retreats, men's groups. Um, and, uh, and, and it's beautiful. So yeah, I think that, uh, it's just time for a lot of our churches to begin to ask the the deeper questions of what are we doing to imitate the early church and go out, go out of ourselves to make disciples of all nations. So that's, that's what I think, Amy. Great question. Let me know if that was helpful for you. All right. Next question comes in from Jennifer. This is about Derek Chauvin. Is Derek Chauvin the body of Christ? Hey, Father Josh, I'm completely new to your podcast. In fact, I am about to listen for the first time. I've been listening to Father Mike for the last couple of years. I'm 52 years old. I'm a white woman and doing my best to be Christ-like, as Christ-like as possible. I hope my question to you is not offensive. In your discussion with Father Mike, you discussed how we could pray for each other as the body of Christ. We were to insert the name of a person into the prayer about the body of Christ, and by doing so, we would build compassion for that person. Your examples were George Floyd, uh, George Bush, and a couple of others. I see Derek Chauvin as evil and the enemy, but would he also be a person that we should insert into that prayer, possibly for the conversion of his soul? 
I believe it would be a hard thing to do, but is that not something that Jesus calls us to do? At this point, my feelings for him are disgust and disdain and as sinful as it is, hatred. Is that hatred justified? I'm truly curious. This is not meant to be a rhetorical question, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer, I think that is a, a great question. Um, yeah, so for those of you who weren't aware, a few weeks ago, I gave a homily at my parish and then I had a discussion with Father Mike Schmitz uh, just about the racial divide. And one of the things I perceived in prayer was the Lord invite me to write a litany, basically called the Litany of the Body of Christ, where we think of a person or a group of people that we may struggle with and we put their name, insert their name and say, is the body of Christ over and over and over again. Uh, a reality is this is every baptized person, whether we like them or not, whether they're baptized, Baptist or Methodist or Episcopalian or Catholic, if you are baptized, you're baptized into the body of Christ. So when Jesus looks at you and I, he sees the body of Christ. And the goal for us who abide in relationship with Jesus is to see ourselves the way God sees us as the body of Christ and to begin to see each other as the body of Christ. Another reality is this, uh, George Bush was baptized. Uh, George Floyd, who was murdered by Derek Chauvin, was also baptized. So they are the body of Christ. And there are a number of other people in our community who are the body of Christ. And then for other people, like if you're Jewish, we don't want to call you the body of Christ because you would find that offensive. So we would say, the, we will proclaim the next truth is that uh, this Jewish person is the image of God, image of God, an image bearer of God, right? We are all made in the image and likeness of God or the image of God. So we're image bearers. So you could do, if not the body of Christ, litany, you could do a litany of image bearers. This person is an image of God. Um, so with regards to Derek Chauvin, would we say that he is the body of Christ, right? Um, after he killed somebody? Well, I think it's important to note, note this. One of the greatest saints in the history of the Catholic Church killed people. He was responsible for the death, for the martyrdom of, of Stephen, Deacon Stephen in the Acts of the Apostles. His name was Saul, and Saul became Paul. And Paul was a prisoner, like Derek Chauvin is in jail right now. Paul was also a prisoner. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. Paul is one of our greatest saints, and Jesus reached out to him. Just like I said, we have to go out to find the men where the men are at. Jesus came to Paul after Jesus had already died and resurrected from the dead and was in heaven. Uh, he came back to reach out to Saul. And Saul had a conversion, became St. Paul. And St. Paul is now one of our greatest saints in our church's history. So how does how does Jesus see Derek Chauvin? Well, I don't know if Derek Chauvin was ever baptized. Um, I know that Jesus desires him to be baptized. So he's potentially he could be a member of the body of Christ. Um, if we pray for him and if we fast for him the way that Stephen prayed for Saul, the way that Stephen forgave Saul as he was dying, he prayed as he was being killed. He prayed, Father, forgive them. And just like Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Stephen also prayed for Saul and his persecutors. And because he prayed for him, he had a conversion. So we need to pray for Derek Chauvin. We need to fast for Derek Chauvin. We need to offer penances for him. And if he's not already baptized, then we need to pray to God that he be baptized because when we're baptized, we're born again. We're born again. Uh, to eternal life. First Peter chapter three, verse 21, baptism saves us. So we definitely want to pray that he, um, if he's not already baptized, that he get baptized. Uh, but also we, we need to recognize the fact that he's a prisoner. Jesus Christ will identify himself with Derek Chauvin right now, because in Matthew 25, Jesus Christ told the disciples, told his apostles, told his followers, he said, you visited me when I was in prison. You fed me when I was hungry. You gave me clothes when I was naked. You welcomed me whenever I was a stranger, you took care of me whenever I was sick. Right. Um, Jesus Christ identifies himself with the prisoners. That's just a fact. It's in Matthew 25. And so because uh, Derek Chauvin is in prison, whether or not he's baptized or not, Jesus Christ does identify himself with Derek Chauvin. And so we should also uh, recognize that we have a duty 
we have a duty and responsibility to pray for him um, because he could be have, have a conversion in jail and he could become one of the greatest saints in the history of the church. Think about someone like Alessandro. Um, Alessandro murdered uh, Saint uh, Maria Goretti. He tried to molest her. She fought back and so enraged, filled with wrath, he killed her. He killed this young girl. He was like 19 years old. She was 11 or 12. He killed her because she would not give in to his lustful passions, his disordered passions. And he was in jail. And while he was in jail, Maria Grady visited him and she forgave him. And when he was released from prison, he not only repented and went to confession and reformed his life, but he made reparation and he lived his life in a, in a monastic community offering penance. And whenever she was canonized as a saint, he went with her mother to the canonization of the Vatican. Her mother forgave him because he asked for her forgiveness as well. And they worshiped God together at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And he's passed away since. But there are talks, conversations right now of people trying to open up a cause for his canonization. Um, so it's very beautiful that uh, we can can pray uh, for people like Derek Chauvin um, to become great saints. Because just like Maria Goretti forgave him, if George Floyd um, is in heaven, Right? If he makes it to the kingdom of heaven, if he uh, if he gets through purgatory and becomes a saint, uh, then George Floyd, like Maria Gretti, could visit him and say, like, hey, you know, I forgive you, too. You know, right? I'm not going to judge George Floyd's soul and say I know where he's at. Um, but if he becomes a saint, he certainly forgives him because in heaven, we don't have any unforgiveness in our hearts. In heaven, we are completely, um, completely aligned with the will of God. And the will of God is for for us to desire salvation of of even the most hardened hearts. So yeah, we have a duty to to pray for for Derek Chauvin. And I think that it would be uh, a great tool for you to 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 love him well to begin, first of all, by praying the litany of the Imago Dei, the image of God. Derek Chauvin is made in the image of God. Derek Chauvin is made in the image of God. And then also to 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 then Relate that to if if he is baptized, Derek Chauvin is the body of Christ. He is the body of Christ. He is the body of Christ. Jesus Christ identifies himself with the prisoner, Derek Chauvin. Jesus Christ identifies himself with the prisoner, Derek Chauvin, over and over and over again. One of my favorite um, quotes is from Mother Teresa. She had a beautiful litany that she uh, made with regards to Jesus. Now, and I'll, I'll read that to you right now. It goes like this. Jesus is the word made flesh. It's from Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the victim offered for our sins on the cross. Jesus is the sacrifice offered at the Holy Mass for the sins of the world and mine. Jesus is the word to be spoken. Jesus is the truth to be told. Jesus is the way to be walked. Jesus is the light to be lit. Jesus is the life to be lived. Jesus is the love to be loved. Jesus is the joy to be shared. Jesus is the sacrifice to be offered. Jesus is the peace to be given. Jesus is the bread of life to be eaten. Jesus is the hungry to be fed. Jesus is the thirsty to be satiated. Jesus is the naked to be clothed. Jesus is the homeless to be taken in. Jesus is the sick to be healed. Jesus is the lonely to be loved. Jesus is the unwanted to be wanted. Jesus is the leper to wash his wounds. Jesus is the beggar to give him a smile. Jesus is the drunkard to listen to him. Jesus is the retarded to protect him. Jesus is the little one to embrace him. Jesus is the blind to lead him. Jesus is the dumb to speak for him. Jesus is the crippled to walk with him. Jesus is the drug addict to befriend him. Jesus is the prostitute to remove from danger and befriend.
Jesus is the prisoner to be visited. Jesus is the old to be served. To me, Jesus is my God. Jesus is my spouse. Jesus is my life. Jesus is my only love. Jesus is my all in all. Jesus is my everything. Jesus, I love with my whole heart, with my whole being. I've given him all, even my sins. He has espoused me to himself in tenderness and love. Now and for life, I'm the spouse of the crucified spouse. Amen. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Well, on that note, Jennifer, I think uh, we're going to take a break. Sit with, sit with some Mother Teresa for that one. And we'll be back with our final question. Did you know that every single item in a Catholic church points us towards heaven? Make every visit to a Catholic church a powerful reminder of God's presence with a new book from Ascension, The Sacred That Surrounds Us by Andrea Zachman. The Sacred That Surrounds Us awakens Catholics to the mystery of the seemingly ordinary items we see every week at Mass. It explains with clarity the symbolic realities and historical facts of each one. To order The Sacred That Surrounds Us, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we are back. Quick reminder, you can send me your questions, comments, and critiques at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. You can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. This helps other people to find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, maybe it will be a gift for them. Last question. Father Josh, are you tall? A question from a third grader. All right, now this this is a pretty pretty deep question. Now, all right, dear Father Josh, so here's your random question of the day because my third grader loves seeing photos of you and our friend Father Dean in Sacramento off my Facebook feed. Seeing other priests doing the same stuff, our amazing pastor, Father Maxi does, helps her feel reassured that all the members of the body of Christ are being well taken care of. So she was wondering if you're very tall and if you're really tall, how you shop for your vestments and clerics, and happy priest anniversary too. Uh, we're praying for you, Heatherly. Uh, so, Heatherly, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm six foot two. So I don't know if that's super tall or not, but uh, I, I think it's above average. I'm not I'm not short. I'm not super tall, but I'm six foot two. And uh, how do I shop for my vestments and clerics? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to vestments, I typically get those from a website. There's this website that has these really beautiful fiddlebacks that are super inexpensive. Um, I like to rock fiddlebacks. I think they're super cool looking and beautiful. And they're also easy to wear. They're very manageable. And then when it comes to my clerics, I'm pretty spoiled. I have a number of parishioners who love me very much. And they actually shop for me. And they buy my clerics for me. They recently bought me a really sweet cassock and a vest and the, the suit you know, the coat with the pants and the, all that for my birthday this year. So I'm rocking those right now and I'll be wearing those for a little hot minute. So right now, just like when I was a kid, my mom used to go shopping for me right now, a bunch of my spiritual moms in the parish, they take care of me by getting me investments in, uh, in, in clerics and stuff like that. So that's how I shop. Great, great question. Um, and so I, I hope that, that that is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity. Let's go ahead and take a moment to pray. And then I will see you in the Eucharist after this. And I will see you next week on the podcast. And if I don't see you uh, ever in life outside of prayer, then I look forward to hopefully seeing you in heaven where we pray we will become saints together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Go in peace, y'all.